I am Darren, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so excited, Easter is, it's kinda awesome. My wife uh, got a battlefield promotion this morning, she's out there watching some of your children, so otherwise I would introduce her, but if you see a hot blonde woman out there uh, watching kids, uh, that would be my wife. Maybe give her a hug this morning. Would you go to the book of Luke chapter 24? I need to see, this is a little different because normally we've got the, our children uh, with Jim. I don't know where Jim is, if you could raise your hand, but, or, or right there. Um, I'm a father, so I can say this. Uh, we've got an awesome kids thing going on. But on Easter, we wanted to give our workers a break a breather and an opportunity for us to worship as a family and so that's why your kids are in with us this morning. But if you are one of the uh, center point kids or middle school kids, I kinda need to know where you are because I need you this morning, okay? All right, I'm, I'm gonna, so I'm getting a visual here, okay. All right, because I'm gonna need some help um, on this message and I just, I kinda need to know where you are for that to happen. Ha, uh, okay, how many this morning are jacked on candy right now? Or, or have you actually hit the, are you on the downslope now? We might need a candy IV up here. So <laughs> the Easter thing, uh, we celebrate with candy, which is kind of huge. The bunny thing, I don't know, I don't understand that. But, but the candy part, like that's, that's an awesome part. And I would say, uh, and if like back to the center point kids, it, how would you describe like the way that you celebrate Easter? Is it a happy day, a sad day? What do you think, what do you think about Easter? Happy, 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 joy, joy? Happy, 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 Jack? It is a happy day, because that's, we celebrate it that way. Uh, my daughter Lauren and I were having a conversation yesterday about how it's so different how we celebrate some holidays from the way that they used to be celebrated, the way that they began. And she, she mentioned this, she said, uh, and she just out of the blue said, you know, it's, it's really interesting to me because you know, like with Christmas, how they didn't used to give presents away, but how some guy started that and now we do presents at Christmas. And I hope that is an astute observation. Astute is like awesome observation. It was a good, a good observation. Easter is obviously uh, like that. Because when you go all the way back to the beginning, and look at how they were celebrating that day. It, it says in, in Luke 24, so we would say joy, is that like an emotion you would say? Joy, awesome, this is a great day. In Luke 24, it says they got up really early in the morning, already off to a bad start. I'm not sure if they had coffee. No, they, Starbucks is usually not open that early, I guess, so they, they, had, they were already off to a bad start. And they went to the tomb to find Jesus' body, okay? because he had been dead, like real dead, and in the tomb, and they were going there to bring spices and to embalm his body. But when I look at the emotions that they felt that day, I don't see, early in the morning anyway, we don't see a lot of joy. In fact, it says in verse four that they were greatly perplexed about this. Now, perplexed, is spelled, this is where I'm gonna need your help right here. There we go, we got it, rock and roll. I, I'm gonna need some help here from uh, George. George, 
is a scribe right now. You could write perplexed down there. I'm gonna need to get that little button right there. Okay, just write perplexed for me on there. So they were perplexed. They have gone to the tomb and there is uh, no Jesus there. And so the emotion that we're talking about that we are feeling today is joy, but the emotion that they were feeling that day was perplexed. George, could you give me a perplexed look? I know, she's, she's got the job. She is hired for the scribe position. So they experienced an emotion called, uh, they were perplexed. <laughs> that day. Now, in John 20, it actually tells us that they were, uh, that Mary had come to Jesus and that she was sad. Emlyn, how are you feeling today? Could you, could you pull a little sad for me? If you hang on, write the word sad for me. They're sad. Mary Magdalene comes and Jesus says, Mary, why are you sad? Who is it that you're looking for? She is sad. Now, Emily, I'm going to need you to give me an Oscar. Can you do this on, yeah, on count three? Oh, that's not sad. Come on. Your bunny just died. There you go. I'm sorry, I didn't, you know, you just, sometimes you gotta go there. Um, she was getting into character, so she's sad. <laughs> it was not a good day for Emma. Not a good day for Mary Magdalene. It says a little bit later in the verse that they were startled in Luke chapter 24. Ashley? Ashley can be startled, I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it says that they were startled. One of the, oh gosh, can I tell this story? My wife's not in here. One of the funnest things <laughs> in my, my existence as a father is we've got the, the our, and I don't know, maybe you other parents don't have this problem, but our master bathroom, is, it's kind of like open season. Like at any given moment, they're gonna walk in and I'm like, hey, whoa. Uh, but Madeline, where are you? Uh-oh. One of my favorite moments of startling Madeline was it was early in the morning and it was dark and I had just gotten up and I was in the bathroom and Maddie came in to, I don't know, something, makeup, whatever you know, teenagers are doing in there. And, but she had no idea I was in there. She flips the light on, I'm like, hello, Maddie, at which point, I don't know if you've ever seen how a cat can literally, without even trying, like be five feet off the ground. And she did one of those and ran out the door. <laughs> That's happened twice. <laughs> they didn't learn the first time. So Ashley is, uh, is also pretty good at being startled. So Ashley, I'm gonna give you a, a count of three and then I'm gonna want you to give me a startled look, okay? On the count of three, one, two, three. Thank you, Lauren. It says that they were startled. <laughs> and it's not even noon yet. <laughs> They're having a pretty bad day. 
that day because they're perplexed, they're confused, they're startled. Later in the day, they're gonna have a lot of joy. Could you girls uh, and uh, man lean in here? Can you guys uh, lean in behind here? And I'll give you, give me a great joy look here, okay? I'm gonna need this. Oh, I can't get a wide shot. Come in, tuck in here. I'm sorry, if you'll excuse us for just a moment. Oh yeah, this is great joy. Okay, they had great joy later in that day, but it didn't start that way, and it was, it was like sundown before they achieved great joy because they spent most of the day feeling afraid and terrified. And Jesus actually would come to them and say, in verse 36, if you've got your Bible, would you go there to Luke chapter 24 and verse 36? It's the end of the day, the disciples, they're all huddled back. And in fact, at some point, they're saying they don't even want to hear it from the women because if, I think the King James says idle talk. That's King James for whack. They were crazy. It's idle. Actually, in the original language, it means like crazy talk, kooky talk. They didn't want to hear it. But here comes Jesus now. And they see him come in and they are afraid. But he says, the first thing he says to them is verse 36, peace be to you. And verse 37 says, but they were terrified and, and frightened and supposed they had seen a ghost. He says, what troubles you? He's, he's asking the right question, which is why? Are you so freaked out right now? What is it that has got you so uneasy? And I would obviously think that, hey, that dude was dead yesterday and not today. That's part of it. I'll give him that. But it's Jesus. It's their friend. And as I really ruminated on that, I'm like, why would they be so troubled? Why is, it, why is it they're freaked out? And Jesus says, hey, peace, look, everybody chill. Relax. It's me. But think about how they spent just the last 24 hours of their life. In the last 24 hours, they go to dinner, the last supper. It was right, they remember when they got all on the same side of the table for the picture? And then as they're eating that night though, Jesus is about to die. And what is it that they did that night after he passes the, you know, the cup and the bread? And it says that they began, I think it's 22, just one page over in Luke, that they began to argue over who was the greatest. I mean, seriously. He's like, oh, this is my body broken for your blood. And like, hey, so which one of you think is like, I'm more awesome than you are? They're like, who is the greatest? This is how they're spending the last night of Jesus before being crucified. Jesus would then say to them, hey, before this night's over, every one of y'all is gonna, is gonna abandon me. And of course, they're all like, oh, no, 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 not me, not me. And then Peter, remember Peter runs his mouth off. If every one of these jokers takes a walk, I'm not going anywhere. I got your back, Jesus. You know, we're bros. That's the promise he's making. But at that table... While that promise is being made, a guy named Judas would take a, a walk and he would betray Jesus and he would sell him up the river for 30 pieces of silver. It's not even midnight yet. After that, they would go to a garden to pray and Jesus, 
If he ever, look, you know how sometimes you need a friend? If he ever needed a friend, man, it was then. Could you watch with me? Could you pray with me? And it says that he found him snoring, tired. They had a, sold them up. They, they, they're so selfish, right? It's like they're, they just couldn't even stay awake for an hour, right? And you guys know how it is. You want to stay up till midnight? Ethan, what's the latest you've ever stayed up? 12.58. One o'clock. And they can't even stay up till one because they were being selfish that night. And it, not long after that, Judas would show up, betray him, and where are the disciples? It's like a game of capture the flag. They're gone, out of there. They had abandoned him. And Peter, I'm not going anywhere, Jesus. And if you remember the story, he's by the fire and he's warming his hands. And someone says, hey, he was one of them. He was one of those guys. And it says that he not only denied Jesus, he cursed him. He stabbed him right in the back. So this is how they spend their last night with Jesus. Backstabbing him, abandoning him, betraying him. And then he dies. They're scattered and he's in the tomb and, and there's the idea that yeah, in that tomb that he had died, that, that was their future, their hopes and their dreams and all with him and, it, and he wasn't there anymore and they were obviously, they would have been sad about that. But imagine the awkward moment when the guy that you cursed, denied, abandoned, dies and then he's suddenly not dead anymore. No wonder they were afraid. Have you ever done something real stupid to somebody and you just hope, oh, I hope I never see that person again? <laughs> a long time ago, very long time ago, girls, I was, uh, before your mama, I dated this girl who for the purposes of a recording will be named Girlfriend X. And it had become time for us to redefine the nature of our association. But I was a chicken and I was headed to Dallas, Texas. And so I wrote a letter, I kid you not, I did this. And left it on her car window. And I rode off into the sunset. Well, you can imagine this did not go over very well. I had gone to Dallas and I was gonna record a record and I, by the time I, I should have given, I mean, I've, nothing else, I should have given the producer a heads up because his phones are ringing off the hook. Because this is before cell phones. There used to be a time, by the way, when they like phones, you like have to, they'd put them to a wall and screw them in there and you have to. But so I didn't, you know, I didn't have one of those phones with me in the car, but by the time I get there and he makes me talk to her, which was the last thing I wanted to do because I'm an idiot. I never wanted to see her again, ever. <laughs> So I go, you know, I was living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Some time had passed. And now I'm dating girlfriend Y. We're going to the Six Flags over Texas because that's where we live in Tulsa. You go there to have fun. And it's, it's like five hours from Tulsa. It's Six Flags. It's ginormous. I get in line. We get in line, me and girlfriend Y, 
at the Texas Giant, like the largest wooden roller coaster in the world. The line, it's like huge line, hour, hour and a half wait. And I get in line with girlfriend Y, and guess who's standing in front of me? Girlfriend X. And of course, the introductions happen, and then there's the inevitable, well, how do you two know each other? Well, I'm an idiot. And I said, that, that feeling of embarrassment, I was afraid, I was perplexed, I was terrified. I thought, at some point, she's just going to jump up and claw my eyes out. And I deserve it. Think about that, and everybody has that thing that you've done to somebody, and you hope you never see him again. And the disciples who had betrayed, stabbed him in the back, lied, denied, couldn't even stay awake to pray. And now, oh no. How can I even look you in the eye? How could I even face you? This is so humiliating. I feel so bad. I'm so embarrassed. And I love Jesus so much because Jesus to that would say to them, verse 36, peace, peace, chill, it's me you're talking about. Why are you troubled, verse 37, and why did doubts arise in your hearts? Look at, look at my hands and my feet that it is I myself, handle me, see me, for a spirit, a ghost doesn't have flesh and bones as you see that I have. I think that if you're the disciples, you see Jesus, you think it's a ghost, but it's like all of us, when our past comes back to haunt us, those dumb decisions we make show up again and come back to haunt me and haunt you. And Jesus says, no, 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 it's not, I'm not that. I'm not coming back to bust your chops, it's me. And I think about it in terms of my own life and my own relationship with the Lord. And maybe with yours as well because we're all gonna get to see Jesus again but we're gonna get to see him not coming up from the grave, but coming back in the clouds. We can see him today when we pray with him, when we have a relationship with him and communicate with him. But are you, are you scared of that? Are you a little bit nervous about it? Because what'd you do last night? I can't talk to him. I'm an idiot. If he were to come back to this afternoon, would, would I be like the disciples and freaked out and nervous and terrified and perplexed and confused? Or could I feel the peace that he promised the disciples? When Jesus said something like peace to you, it wasn't like a suggestion, it's a promise. No, no, peace, it's okay, breathe. And then he tells them why they can breathe, why they can relax. It says that he went in verse 44, he said, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. In verse 46, this is, it's written that it was necessary for Christ to suffer 
to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his names to all the nations. Gangs, if you're a Bible student, man, pay attention, dial in. You might already know some of this. But it said that to comfort them, he showed them this was all, this is the plan the whole time. Look at my hands and my feet, and it, it says that he took them back to the law of Moses. And if you think about it, he probably took them to Deuteronomy chapter 18 in verse 15. You could write it down and go there later. When Moses would prophesy that there was coming another guy greater than him, he's going to be the guy that's going to deliver you. It's according, verse 16, to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor see this great fire anymore, lest I die. That's Jesus. He's coming. Maybe he took them there. Maybe he took them to Exodus, remember the Passover? They had just had that dinner, bread, break in it and drink, and remember the Passover? It was in Egypt, and maybe he took them there and showed them how when the people of Israel were to paint blood on their doorsteps, on their doors, and that if you do this, then when the angel passes over, that you will be spared. And he told them they were to put it on the sides of the doors, to put it on the top of the door, and the bottom, and look, uh, maybe Jesus wrote it in the ground, I don't know, it makes a cross. You see, it makes sense, doesn't it? This was gonna happen all along, or maybe he took them to Numbers chapter two. If you guys remember when the uh, people of Israel were camping, and it, it gave them specific instructions on how you were supposed to set the tents up, and it was the people of the tribe of Levi were to be in the middle, and there was a little square where the, the tent, uh, the tabernacle was, and to the north, there were gonna be three tribes that were in numbers about 108,000 of them that were camped there, side by side, in squares. And to the west, there was gonna be, east and west, there was 150,000 of them over here and 150,000 of them over here, camped side by side all the way out. And then to the bottom were the last four tribes and there was 180,000 of them there, camped like that. Remember Balaam and Balak, when they looked over the mountain and looked down, look what they saw a cross. Maybe he pointed there and said, hey, see, that was it. The cross thing, that was supposed to happen. It had been predicted all along. And maybe he then took him. He says he took him to the book of Psalms. Maybe he went there to Psalms chapter 22. Psalms chapter 22. And take. When he said that this prophecy of who Jesus was gonna be. And it says in verse 16, the dogs have surrounded me, the congregation of the wicked has enclosed me, and they pierced my hands and my feet. He's, hey look, I showed him my, my hands, my feet. They pierced my hands and my feet. And remember when the, when the Roman soldiers came and had how they're supposed to break my legs so that I would suffocate and die on the cross. And remember they didn't and they took a spear instead and stabbed me. Hey, go to the book of Psalms chapter 34 and see. In verse 20, he guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Another prophecy fulfilled that day. It's okay. Look, none of my bones are broken. I'm quite positive that he would have taken him to the book of Isaiah, took him to Moses, took him to Psalms, took him to the prophets. And he would show them in Isaiah 53, verse four, that surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him as stricken, smitten by God 
and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we're healed. As dumb as they felt that day, as awkward as it was, Jesus said, I wanna talk to you and teach you about repentance and forgiveness of sins, remission of sins. Forgiveness and remission of sins and repentance. Centerpoint kids, listen up. Repentance, does anybody know what it means? Anyone? Wanna give it a stab? It is very, we got one back here. Can you shout it, Olivia? Say it again. Repel something. That's a good one, almost. Repent is really, really simple. It means to just change the way you're thinking about something. I was thinking about you like this, Jesus, that you're gonna be mad at me, that you should be mad at me. I totally hose you. You should be furious with me. And he said, no, repentance, change the way you're thinking about me. You don't have to be embarrassed, ashamed, or guilt. Psalm 103 said, I remember you're just, you're but dust, you're humans, you're gonna fail, this is part of it. That's why when I show you the hands and feet, because that price for your sin, the reason that I should be angry, is paid for, gone. The only person awkward right now is you. It says in Psalm 103, Center Point kids, listen to this. He would remove those sins as far as the east is from the west. Now, if I were to go north and I kept walking, and at some point, of course, got a canoe and hired Survivor Man, and we got the, we would eventually get to the North Pole, and then what way would we be going? South. Now, what if I got the canoe and the Survivor Man and I go west? At what point will I be going east again? Never. He didn't say as far as the north is from the south, and incidentally, that's a long ways. But he said as far as the east is from the west, it's gone. As far as that, your sins are covered, they're forgiven. And I would say to you this morning that the words of Jesus ring true, that if you've come here this morning and you feel like that you have blown it big time, but Darren, you have no idea what I have done. You're right, I don't. But Jesus does, and Jesus says, peace unto you. Relax, chill, look at what I've done for you. The debt that that sin in my life, I can't possibly ever repay it, ever. I don't know if you guys have been a part of the real estate world the past few years, but there are many of people in this world, in this town, who are what are called underwater on your mortgage. You can't, you owe more than what it's worth. And some, so much more, you'll never get out. You feel like it's endless. Now imagine someone coming and paying it off for you in full. Now you could keep writing checks to the bank, but you're an idiot. Kids don't use that word. 
Because it's paid for. Why do I want to continue to pay for a debt that Jesus already paid for? It's in a currency I don't carry in an amount that I can't afford. The wages of sin, death. But he cashed the check for me and I don't have to. So I would say to you this morning, Jesus will return and you're gonna get to face him. And if you have accepted that sacrifice and said I'll take it, the sin that I have that you've paid for, I believe in my heart. I've confessed, Jesus, you're my Lord. I wanna follow you. Thank you for what you've done. You've done that. Peace to you. You got nothing to worry about. Because it's paid for. And it's paid for because the tomb is empty. You could strike a match on the table. There's nothing in the way. Because he's gone. You can go to the tomb of Buddha, Muhammad, and they're still there. But not Jesus. It's empty. He's gone. He said, I'm going to give you one sign. You want to sign who I am? I'm going to give you one. I'm gonna die, and on the third day, I'm gonna resurrect from the dead. If somebody raises from the dead, you ought to probably listen to what they had to say. And he said to you, peace. You don't have to live that way anymore. I remember that you're human, I remember, and I paid this price, and the sacrifice was accepted, and the way that we know it was accepted was because I'm standing here in front of you, resurrected, the grave is empty, peace to you. There may be some of us here this morning, you don't have that relationship with him. And I'd love it if our uh, musicians would come and join us again, but you don't have that relationship with him. You've never had the moment of saying, I give my life to you, Lord. I believe that you rose again. I believe you died. I believe just as the scriptures foretold from Deuteronomy to Exodus, Leviticus, all of them, we're fulfilled in you, I believe that. I don't care what you've done in the past 24 hours, I don't care what you've done in the past 24 minutes, uh, past 24 seconds. You might be cursing God under your breath where you sit. He says to you, I wish that none would perish. My invitation is to everybody, it is not exclusive. That is as inclusive as you can get. Anyone. I've offered it to all of you. And I would ask you this morning, if that's you, would you close your eyes and bow your heads? This is not, there's no spiritual trick to this. I just want you to be able to focus and ask yourself some questions here. Are you afraid if Jesus were to appear? Are you afraid to pray? Are you afraid to have this relationship with him? Are you terrified? Are you perplexed? Are you confused by it? Is it because you don't have that relationship? Have you never taken the moment to say, okay, this guy who claimed to be God died, rose again, just like he said. Have you had the moment where you've decided to follow him? Are you afraid? Are you Terrified if you were to get to meet him today that you wouldn't get to go with him because you didn't accept that sacrifice. Is that you? If everybody's looking down, I would love it if it's you. You think, I want to do that today. I want to know. I don't want to be afraid of God. The guy that resurrected said he's coming back for us, for those who would believe on his name and 
would accept him. If it's you and you don't have that and you don't really know, and you'd like to know today, you'd like to walk out of here not afraid. Nobody's looking at you or I just, but would you, everybody's looking down, but if that's you, would you look up here at me and then wait till I get eye contact and then, and then you can look back down again. Is there anybody? Just look at me and then look back down once I see you. Darren, I don't know. No, don't, I have no idea. I just don't have, I've lived this life. This is the one time a year I've gone to church. See you next Easter. And you say, I just want to have that peace in my heart. Is there anybody that would just look up at me? I see you and anyone else just looking at me. I'm looking in the middle now. If it's in the middle, would you look up and then you can look back down. Looking over on the right side. Is there anybody you just look up at me and then you look back down. You're gonna pray right where you're sitting. I don't have to drag you down here to make this happen. Everybody's heads are bowed, eyes closed. But if it's you, I just wanna know, would you look at me? On the right side over here, my right. Okay, I'm gonna look on the left side. Is there anybody you wanna look, just look up at me and I'm looking out here, everybody's looking down, but look at me. Okay, there were a couple of you that looked up at me and I want you to hear me say this. There is, you can look at me again. There is no the prayer. Repeat after me, that's, it's nice, but he said, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus died, rose again, you can do that right where you're sitting in your prayer. You're crying out to God, not me. Repent this morning. Change the way you're thinking about God. Change the way you're thinking about Jesus. He's not mad at you. He paid the price for you today. Pray where you're sitting as we're worshiping. And as we conclude here in a few minutes, there's a little triangle black curtain thing back here. I would encourage you to go there afterwards and there'll be some people that would love to pray with you, encourage you in a walk with Christ. This isn't a moment where you're saying, I just am saying a prayer and I'm done, I'm saved. It's you saying, I'm following you, Jesus. You rose from the dead, that's pretty huge. I'm going for it. These guys will be here to pray with you. There'll be men and women there to pray for you today. Now, as families, everybody looking at me now. There is the last night of Jesus' life. It says he took a, a loaf of bread and a glass of wine. He says, look, this is my body broken for you. This is the blood, my blood that is spilled for you. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. On this side over here, under the do your part, throw it away sign, over here to your right, behind you, over by coffee, there are little stations with communion set up. Parents, I'd encourage you to take your children with you and your family and to take, we've got the little, we've done a little different today. We got those little cups. You take the cup, you peel it off. It's not about the wafer or the juice, it's about remembering what Jesus did for you in that. As we're worshiping, as music is playing, I'm gonna pray for us, and then I encourage you to go. If you're a single woman or man here today, 
There's families that'll bring you in, and families, if you're part of Conduit especially, you know those among us who are single, who maybe don't have a husband or wife with us, or would you go to them and invite them into your family today? And fathers, mothers, take a moment to teach your children, this is his body broken for you, so that the sins that maybe you committed this week, it's broken, Jesus paid the price. Do that in remembrance of him. And the blood that would have been shed on that cross is represented in that juice. Would you take it and, and give it to your children and pray with them? As we're worshiping, again, there's four different locations here. If it's clogged up and there's a line, just wait and go. There'll be another opportunity to go. There's plenty of time for you to do that. Father, would you speak to us this morning? The sacrifice that you've paid for us, the broken body, the spilled blood that paid for the debt that I couldn't afford, the currency that I don't carry, that that is paid for in that bread represented there. And as I drink that, the, the, the sins that I've had, they're washed away from me. You don't even see them because I stand clothed in not what I can do, but in what you've done. It is finished. That's why we're so excited about Easter today. We don't have to feel awkward in your presence. I don't have to wait until the, to heaven to not be awkward. Today, I can experience you in monumental ways with nothing in between you and I because it's already taken care of. I'm putting my checkbook away, Lord. I'm not trying to pay for my sins anymore. I'm not gonna punish myself, beat myself up. It was your bruises, your blood that took care of it all. And as we take these elements of communion today, might we walk out of here remembering you and what you did for us. It's in your name that I pray, amen.